to the Enterprise Endpoint Experts EQ'd podcast. I am your co-host, Bill Burnett. Over here is our other co-host, Chaz Spawn. Hey, Chaz. Good to see you. And our esteemed guest, Harjit Diwali. Diwali. I, God, I was so close. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> it's like Dollywood. You know? Oh, that makes it just, easier. Just remember Dollywood. I'm going to Dollywood. So <laughs> <laughs> Hard at Dollywall. That's right. <laughs> okay. And today our topic is patching. Sure. And Patch Tuesdays. So we're kind of going to talk about um, what is Patch Tuesday? Uh, how do you deal with it? How are you deploying patches in your organization? What's really happening, boots on the ground in your world? Uh, Windows 7 Sunset coming up. How does that impact all this? But first, let's learn something fun about Harjit. <laughs> <laughs> oh so many God. things to choose from. What nope. will we talk about? Nobody knows me, so I'm, I'm very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about your session. All right, all right. So I had a session here on uh, Monday at 8 o'clock, first thing in the morning, right, right off the bat. Uh, I got great, to break the ice and break everything out. Yeah, yeah. And I had a, uh, a good co-presenter, an amazing co-presenter, uh, Dune, from uh, Microsoft. So we were ready. We got there early. We started preparing and went, to, went over our slides and everything like that. And um, as we were about to start, slides from uh, the next room was showing in our room. And our slides were showing in, in a different room. So it was all crisscrossed. <clears throat> so that happened for a while, and then there was no AV at all. I mean, it just, so we had nothing. So you gotta do it all. Here's now 8, 8.05. And so we just, we just did the session. We just started the session. We did introductions, and we started a Q&A instead of doing Q&A at the end. Uh -huh. um, so we just you know, engaged the audience, and you know, we had a full house, um, over 100 people. And, uh, and then we're like, hey, so while we're waiting, let's just start the session. So we went out, we'll look up, look in the uh, laptop, and okay, this is okay, yep. So we start talking, 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 and, uh -huh. and just got people engaged, and you know, they were asking questions back, and, and no one left, so that was a good thing. Really? <clears throat> yeah, but, and then we got our AV back about halfway through, they rewired us, and then we just continued and, and finished up, yeah. Wow, okay. So proof that, you know, there actually were good things happening before right. the invention of video. Right. <laughs> but the good thing is that at least we knew our topic and we knew what we were talking about and stuff, right? Yeah. So it, it just goes easier with, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because otherwise you'd be like, well, yeah. if you're relying on slides because you really right, have to right, look right. at no. wordings, yeah. And that's really, that's the beauty of MMS itself. Right. Is exactly. that you have the world's leading experts in these sure. topics. You're not just uh, you're not just getting people who are like, oh, here's some slides that somebody present <laughs> put together for me. These are people who live this stuff day in and day out and provide guidance to right. other people kind of day in yeah. and day out. You're you're an MVP yourself, right? Because you provide a lot of guidance for people. Yeah, I do. I share a lot of stuff on the. On the social media space, uh, you know, I've got my own um, uh, technology group on Facebook, and and you know, I'm heavy on Twitter and, and stuff like that. So, like you said, you know, it's really nice here because you've got the experts 
who really work with these, these tools, these products, these technologies, you know, right down in the trenches, right? Yeah. They're not just doing it in their labs and talking fluff and stuff like that. They actually use the stuff and find the pain points, and, right? So then you have the Microsoft teams here as well who are building these products and re-engineering it and stuff like that. So they're coming from a different perspective, whereas the experts are coming from a different perspective and they just mesh. That's awesome. Right? All right, so let's, let's dig into our topics. Sure. First, I'm gonna start out really easy. What is Patch Tuesday? Patch Tuesday is the uh, designated patching day uh, when Microsoft pushes patches um, on a given month. So it's the second Tuesday of each month, the second full Tuesday. So, you know, um, if, if <clears throat> the first of the month started on the Tuesday, you know, so it, it has to be a full, full week. It's the second Tuesday of each month. Microsoft releases patches at about 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then you start seeing it in your environments and you, you get it synced and stuff like that and then you can start deploying your patches. Okay, Chaz, I know you have a lot of more specific questions about Patch Tuesday, so why don't you grill hard, Jay? Sure. <laughs> oh boy. Well, so, in the world of Windows 10 now, right, our landscape has changed a lot. We don't yeah. have a lot of little patches coming out anymore. They're all coming out in these big patches. How come they're so big? They're not that big, actually. Um, so what's happened in the, in the past, you used to have, you know, um, in a given month, you were deploying maybe 100 patches, 100 different individual patches, you know, 75, 50, whatever it is. Well, Microsoft has gone to the cumulative update uh, method where it's all like one package, right? It's one, everything is included. Uh, you know, you don't have multiple patches. It doesn't have multiple reboots, things like that. So a lot of the, those pain points have been, have been solved. Um, the caveat now is that in the past, um, many people were deploying patches like maybe two weeks out, three weeks out, and sometimes even like, you know, April patches, they'll deploy it in May. May patches in June and so on and so forth. Well, you can't do that now because the, the, the frequency of these patches that are coming out in cumulative form, they supersede each other, mm, right? right? So you'll have patch Tuesday week, you'll have a CU that comes out and then you may have, a, there may be a little bug or a problem. They'll re-release another one maybe by the end of the week. Sometimes you'll have another one the following week or wh whatever, right? You, right. you see that. So if, if that doesn't happen, you just have one, and you say, you know what, I'm gonna package this, I'm gonna deploy it, but I'm gonna schedule it for next month, that's fine and dandy, but then by the time you hit the next month, you've got to see you for this month, right. this is obsolete now, right? And you're never gonna hit compliance. Your machines are never, your, your systems are never gonna patch. You think they are, but they're not, right? right? So they've also gone to the CU um, uh, format for the .NET patches as well. They used to be all individuals. Now it's all one package that covers uh, you know, the different uh, versions of it. Right. Um, and they also did that for Windows 7 as well. You know, the CU patches for Windows 7. That's been out for a while. Right. Yeah. So yeah, important to stay up to date up because to date. those superseding are just gonna lock you up. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> 
So what are you doing in your organization? How do you okay. deal with the patches as they come out? Oh, good question. Favorite? So I handle all the patches in my organization. Um, I use Config Manager, obviously. And um, I keep things very simple. You know, I don't over-tune uh, my uh, how I filter patches and stuff like that, where else some experts I found, they'll, they'll uh, well, I, I do a little bit of consulting on the side as well, and I, I, and I help these organizations where, why are your patches not working? Why have they not been deployed? Why? Well, when you look at the selection that they do uh, to package these patches, right. they miss out on a lot of stuff. Can you back that up? What do you mean, the selection? That so you can do? select when you're, when you're creating uh, <clears throat> automatic deployment rules, mm -hmm. right, to, to create your... Your, your update groups, your software update group, your, your, your packages and stuff like that for the deployments, uh, you can say, give me uh, critical and security updates. Give me um, service packs, you know, things like that. Okay. Uh, I don't want anything service that's superseded. They don't still have service packs. Oh yeah, they do, yeah. So this is, sorry, I'm a little bit remedial here because I'm not in the trenches doing this. Okay, so a service pack is what nowadays? It's like for SQL, things like that. Oh, right? okay, not service for Windows packs. itself. Right, not Oh, for just Windows. for other things. Exactly. Okay, got it, got right. it. Okay. For the other products. But they're all delivered on Patch Tuesday. Right, on Patch got Tuesday. It. Okay, right. so they're just selecting everything for every possible... They will select uh, by operating system, like, you know, Windows 10 or Server 2016, or, you know, those kind of things. Um, or else if you just select the... Um, classifications, like I said, like critical security, you know, mm. and so on features and things like that. Right. You're gonna get all of those things regardless uh, of what operating system okay. are, right? Then you also select that, you know, you don't want them to be superseded. Okay, so give me those. You don't want expired patches, give me those, right? So what I do is when I, I have a um, ADR, automatic deployment rule, that runs on late Tuesday night. Okay, so patches come out by Microsoft on Tuesday. You know, I'm in the East Coast, so you know the three-hour time zone, right? Difference. So late Tuesday night, because I want my my systems to get their policies from Config Manager to report back and say these are the patches they're missing. You know, you know, in terms of what they need and don't don't need. Right. So when my ADRs run, it'll it'll take that data and create packages based on on that. So I'm not deploying everything, right? Right. Just to, to keep things nice and slim and small and, you know. So then I have two deployments. One is to, um, it's basically a, a delay, a delayed deployment, and another one is a no delay. The no delay one goes to all my server collections. Wait, wait, wait. You're patching your servers immediately? Oh, you, right, yes. No delay. But, so, yeah, so I deploy <laughs> patches at 1, 1 p.m. You're blowing Chaz's mind over here. At 1 p.m. on Wednesdays, right? And, and it's set as ASAP, deploy now, install now. But they don't get installed because I have maintenance windows on all my server collections. Ah, okay. So maintenance windows are overnight, right? 12 to 2, 2 to 4, things like that. So you're not rebooting so, during the day. No. Bringing everybody's no. productivity down. Right. <laughs> but what, what is, what's helpful with this method I'm doing is that during the day, 
all of these servers will start caching down the updates, right? They're ready to go. They're already downloaded. They're on the servers. They're, they're just waiting for the next instruction, right? And then when they hit the maintenance windows, they're like, hey, I got the patches. I've already downloaded it. I'm going to hit it. So they install quicker. Right. Right? And before, they, before you hit your maintenance windows. You're not waiting for that download. Exactly. There. So that's one. The other one is the delayed deployment. That goes to all the workstations, like you know, laptops, computers, and things like that. And we set it for as available, but they become mandatory the following week, like okay. on a Monday, like early in the morning. The reason that is done is because um, we had some complaints, uh, you know, uh, people who are running experiments in, in various labs, or they are in meetings and uh, you know, presenting or doing things, right? And they're getting patches and they were rebooting or, you know. Uh, so we're like, okay, we'll give you the patches. You are free to install it on your own, right? Anytime up right. to the deadline. Perform all the reboots you need. And if you don't, it's going to happen then. And we've had really good compliance with that. So now people know that if, I'm, if this experiment that I'm going to run is going to take three days, I'm gonna do the patches, I'm gonna install it, reboot, and then do their work. Right. Right, so that's that's what we do. And so they've got that expectation that they know that for them, it's gonna be a patch Monday. Right. If they, they've got a week to get it installed manually or else here right. it comes, you're gonna be right. bored. The only uh, exceptions are when we have the out-of-band patches. That comes out not that frequently, you know, especially like uh, for Internet Explorer, you know, vulnerabilities and stuff, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, then you, you hear it on the news as well. And, you know, oh my God, you know. Uh, zero day exploit, zero get this day, patch exactly. now. Yeah. So that's just a one, one little patch um, that gets deployed, you know, one off. And, and again, I, I will give them about a day. And okay. with a lot of announcements, hey, we have to do this. You know, we got to secure our systems. <coughs> right. Yeah. And I can't, yeah. can't take security at risk. There. No. <laughs> so how do you do your testing? Do you have testers that use those availables and let you know if they're having any issues or? I'm the tester. You're the tester. <laughs> well, yeah, so I usually play with, with, with patches. Not that play, but I, I install patches on you know um, uh, a couple of my test servers, um, uh, some of my uh, workstations, you know, I've got VMs and things like that. I also got the insider builds, so I, I test those as well, right. see what's happening. Um, but otherwise, no, you know, I keep track, um, I pay close attention to social media, uh, especially starting Patch Tuesday. So I start monitoring the feeds. Are people reporting about bad patches or blue screens and unresponsive system in listservs and uh, you know, forums and stuff like that? And then I start poking around and saying, wait, is this just an isolated thing or is this global? Is it just happening to this one company on five machines or is it, you know, so once you, once you realize, oh wait, this is happening to a lot of people. So that's when I actually pull those patches out before I deploy them on Wednesdays. Yeah. Excellent. So. Now, there's some great MVPs out there that blog <laughs> on this stuff all the time, right? So yeah. do you have any suggestions on good blogs to follow? Oh. There's uh, my buddy Brian Dan. He's a uh, he's, he's big in patching. 
Um, I think his blog is uh, thedamngoodadmin.com. Yes. So he's a good one to follow. Um, I occasionally blog too, and you know, it's just my name, hotjet.us. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's no, a big blogosphere out there in the uh, big manager world, so yeah. people can navigate their way around. Right. Yeah. Um, any more questions on the Patch Tuesday itself before we talk about uh, what happens when Windows 7 runs out of road? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, one more question. So I know you do a little bit of consulting on the side. Have you come across any companies that are doing kind of a tiered deployment where they they oh. do a, a ring, a smaller ring, yeah. and then let that go out that way? Can yeah, about they that? do that, actually. So you're talking more about like a phase deployment kind of mindset. Um, uh, there's two types of phase deployments, right? One is, I think you're talking about the uh, that tiered method, right? You know, deploy to your ring zero, ring one, ring two, or your test service. And then you also have that feature in, in Config Manager um, where you have that percentage and how many machines you want to patch before it moves to the next one. But yeah, I do have, uh, I do run into organizations where um, they're very strict in their testing. They, 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 you know, they just don't deploy patches right away to their production systems. And, you know, the first phase will be like, you know, test zero with 10 machines or, you know, five servers. They'll wait maybe two days and then they'll have another one for, you know, test one or something like that. And then, well, you know, let's open it up again to this other uh, tier that has a lot more users, maybe a hundred, you know, systems. Right. And then they're finding, okay, yeah, everything's vetted, we, we're good to go, there's no reports, and then they do the production. Yeah, they still do that, yeah. 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 And there's still the fear factor out there, I don't wanna lose my job, <laughs> I don't wanna push the press yeah. and bring everybody down. So, so yeah. Cool. Patch, you know, I love patching. Patching is awesome, really. It is, it is a, <laughs> not, you know, it, it's funny, like a lot of people I think- I don't think I've heard that, patching is awesome. We need t-shirts, there should be a sticker with Harjit. Harjit, doing is patching awesome. is awesome. <laughs> no, but you know, I, I see people struggling with it. You know, I just don't think they understand how it works and how to do it, how to de deploy them, you know, and, and um, you make a really good point. You clearly have been through this like over a series of years and you've, you yeah. understand all the details and you've got a system that it seems really obvious. Like, oh, why is this yeah. even a problem? You just right, follow exactly. My system. Like, why are you struggling with this? What's going on here? And it's changed a lot over the years. It is. It is. So, I mean, there, the fear factor is there because there were lots of pains in the past that have gotten much, much easier yeah. with the way that Well, in the past, people were using traditional WSUS, right? You know? It works, it does its thing, but you don't have granular controls. You know, you can't say, I want to patch these set of machines at exactly at this time, exactly at this day. I wanna, you know, make sure they don't reboot at, you know, they only reboot at this time. The granularity is not there, right? right. Now with Config Manager, you can actually control that. I only want patches to go to these machines on this day, starting at this time, and you know what, I want the reboot to happen this time. Right. You know, I want to give warnings, I want to do all that stuff. It's, it's actually manage my patching process. Yes. 
We did fuck it. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Right. So we'll um we'll get to work on our design for those stickers for you. Yeah. Hodgetsu, <laughs> <laughs> patching is awesome. <laughs> okay, so Windows 7, end of life. Um First off, let's think of some random metaphors for it. You called it Windows 7 sunsetting. I said running out of road. Sunsetting. It could also be falling off a cliff. <laughs> it could be... Um... <laughs> yeah. Retirement. That's the nice way to put it. Retirement. Retire Windows 7 in the fire. <laughs> Moving to Florida. Hiding in the forest. <laughs> right, um, right. So Windows on January 14th, 2020, Microsoft will no longer support. It will be the official end of support yes. is the terminology yes. for Windows 7. What does that really mean? So what it means is that you're not going to have uh, any more patches and security fixes and things like that, right? It just They're not going to put any more effort into uh, bug fixes and, and all that fun stuff. So you're basically going to be vulnerable starting uh, January 14th, So And it's already been... Mm-hmm. Like feature dead for a while. It they is. have not been providing new functionality exactly. for some time, just the security updates and bug fixes. But right. now, if there are bugs or security problems, you're basically uh, right. SOL. Yeah. The same yeah. thing happened with Windows Unless. XP. Unless you want to shell out big bucks, right? Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and nobody knows how much it costs. Actually, no, it doesn't. Oh, they've, they've released oh, the really? cost schedule now. Oh, really? What is the cost schedule? So for uh, large businesses, for example, education and corporations that want to jump in into this other support um, structure after January 14th. Yeah, so by the way, what we're talking about is extended support. A way, way pay, extended. This right. is, you can pay Microsoft to get these critical updates only. Right. And even that's going to end in a few years. Right. But for the next few years, you can pay to get it. And what's that cost? So the first, if you're an enterprise, if you're doing Windows 10 Enterprise, it's $25 per client, per machine, per year, first, the first year, $50 the next year, $100 the third year. It's that's only, not so bad. Right? I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. A lot of clients. That, that can hurt a lot. Yeah. It, gets, it gets worse. For a consumer, for a professional, Windows uh, Windows Seven professional is fifty dollars for the first year, uh, hundred for the second, and it'll be two hundred for the third year. Wow! So it's even more; it's double. Right. So when you multiply this, right, in <laughs> you know, let's say hundreds, it's big money, right? Yeah. So there's no reason to to stay on it. There's a lot of great features with Windows Ten. You know, it's more productive. Right. They're putting a lot of efforts into it, you know, on a on a on a monthly basis. I don't see why why people don't want to go into it, other than application compatibility. But those have all also been taken care of already. They they do work with Windows 10, and if it's not, then it's the the vendor's fault, right? So the vendors. Third party vendors are not keeping Yes, up but with, I mean, right? if you've got a system yeah. that's been working for five years, right. you're not interested in blaming the vendor so much as just So, so speaking of that, there are some situations where um, they just can't get off Windows 7. For example, um, uh, Windows 7 systems that are connected to you know, million dollar um, equipments, like in hospitals and you know, labs and things like that, right? And because that machinery, cost a million, two million, three million, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they have to use this 
the application only runs on very old OS. Right. Yeah. So how do you deal with those? Well, you've got to isolate those machines. You yeah. don't get them on the network anymore. Right. right? Okay. You cut them off. So if they're isolated, they're just running it just to run that application to access the... the, the that's a fair point. For a totally yeah. disconnected system, you're fine. Right, you're fine. Okay, good. Um, and so what do you recommend? Well, obviously, you just recommend that people move to Windows. My so what, what, what would it look like? Let's, let's envision. Let's write a science fiction movie here <laughs> where, uh, <clears throat> where people are, are now in January 15th, 2020, and they haven't updated Windows 7, and they have... What happens then? A bug comes out. Somebody suddenly starts hitting them with ransomware, and you hear like I guarantee psycho you. music. What's the matter, honey? I don't know. I can't get into our banking application. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be a denial of attack or something on the fifteenth. Because I'm telling you, there are bad actors out there who have already created malware, ransomware, whatever you name it. Yeah. It's ready to go. Okay, got it's it. Really so then um, let's do this one more thing. Oh, sorry. That means that we have five. That timer has, has apparently <laughs> verbal, <laughs> which means we need to wrap up. But what I would like to do in wrapping up is uh, can we come up with some uh, interesting names for these uh, bad actors? For example, sometimes I will call them evildoers, dirty dogs, scoundrels. <laughs> there's simply, there's hackers. Cyber attackers. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got? Oh my God. The one I worry about is the script kiddies, right? The script. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's not even automated anymore. That somebody just wrote it, and then yeah. ten other people propagated out there, and then just bots running everywhere, waiting for you to yeah, make the mistake yeah, yeah. of bringing that Windows Seven machine on on January fifteenth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Screen turns red and said, "Ha ha, sucker." <laughs> this is a fun interview. <laughs> this is going to be the best one. <laughs> okay, so I think we're going to go out on that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank for you. Us. Thanks for having me. All right. Great. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Yeah.